visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. You guys can have a seat this morning. I'm kind of amped up this morning. I kind of, I don't know if those of you who know me, I'm feeling kind of amped up. I don't know if it's the coffee or the Holy Spirit, but I definitely feel uh, the presence of God in here, and I'm really excited about today. I'm really excited about today. I'm going to open with a passage of Scripture, but I want to ask you a question real quick. I don't know if I'm the only one in here. I'm getting real serious. I don't know if I'm the only one in here, but sometimes when I hear Scripture read out loud, I get excited. I get excited. Do you get excited? A few of you? Okay. Uh, when, I get, when I hear the Word of God, it does something in me. When I hear the words... And they kind of bang around in my soul, right? I kind of, it resonates in me. And I really don't think it's that I grew up in church. I really know what it is. It's when the words of God bang around in your soul and your life, and the experiences in your life begin to validate what's on, what you hear. Man, something stirs up in me. Like something gets me excited. Like I have to say something typically. You, you might hear me. I'm the one that's like, that's right. Amen. Come on. Preach. Because I, it just comes out of me because I get so like, yes. It's like my soul resonates with what's in here. And the crazy thing about it to me is there's no other book. I don't read Tolstoy and go, ah, uh, come on, preach. Nothing against Tolstoy. He's an artist, all right? But there's something different about this book. Like, it's alive. The words on the page are alive. The word became flesh and lives in us. So when you hear the words, you should be getting amped up. You should be getting excited. I, you heard me say this last time I preached. I used to, like, complain about the old heads. It used to be like, if you can get excited at a baseball game, you can get excited at church. I'd be like, ah, come on. Now, the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, wh- why can't we get excited for Jesus? So here's what I'm doing. I'm giving you permission this morning to be like, hey, when we read the scripture right here, if something resonates with you, you can say amen. Amen? You can say preach. You can get excited. Listen, maybe you're somebody who's never done that before in your life. And you're like, people are going to think I'm weird. Trust me, weird doesn't scare God. All right? He's got, other, he's got weirder disciples than you. All right? And your neighbor next to you, they're not going to judge you. And if they say something to you, tell them to come talk to me. All right? All right, so I'm going to read this passage, and I'm sorry if I get excited about it. I want you to get excited about it. I want to hear you, okay? We're going to be reading out of 1 Peter 5, 5 through 10. All right, 5 through 10. It goes like this. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Uh, that was your cue. Hey, if you're over 50 in here, say amen. Yeah. Right? If you're a parent in here, say amen. Yeah, this is your verse, right? This is a, this right here, this is Peter. This is an older and wiser Peter, okay? You hear what I'm saying? This is a, this is a senior citizen Peter right here. He's lived some time and now he's, he's speaking this, all right? And so that's important to know, okay? He's got that senior citizen swag now. Moving on in, in, in five, he says this, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. He shows favor to the humble. I love humble people. 
I'm going to leave it right there. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time and cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Amen. Amen. Have you ever lived that before? You ever had some anxiety and you knew God was caring for you? Number 8, verse 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers... Through, I'm going to stop right there. Because you know, stand firm, resist the devil, stand firm, because you know what? Everybody in this room is going through the exact same thing that you're going through. Scratch that. The verse says the world. Everybody in the whole world has been through what you are going through, all right? Listen to God's voice this morning. You are not alone. Alone. You are not alone. That's what the enemy loves to do, right? Get you isolated by yourself. You're the only one going through this. And then you're afraid to open up, but when you do, there's freedom. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers, mm, turn to your neighbor and just say, family. Y'all are family in this place, brothers and sisters. Come on. And believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God, this is where it gets real good. Ready? Mm. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while. All right, you may be suffering this morning. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast? To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. God, we hear your word. God, it's timeless. It's alive. Already, just kind of reading it out loud, God, we hear your spirit, God, speaking to us. God, we already feel that your Holy Spirit pointing stuff out in our life. God, I pray, Lord, that this message be one that resonates with us. God, that we leave different. God, if we're suffering this morning, God, we, we cast our cares on you. God, we ask this in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. <clears throat> Have you guys ever felt like you were attacked? Like attacked by the enemy? Anybody? Raise your hand if you have. Yeah. Man, maybe I give the devil too much credit, but man, I, I feel like I've been attacked. Man, last this past week, Katie and Manny, Katie's my wife, Manny's, Manny Fresh is my three-year-old son. We just moved into a house down the, down the street, all right, down here on High Tower. I'm about to give you all my address so you'll come visit me. Uh, right down here, High, High Tower in Whitley, we live on the corner down there. And so anyway, we just moved in this house, you know, brand new house, um, so I'm at the house by myself, and I got these two paint cans. I'm going to go put them in the shed, right? That's some real adult stuff right there. I just <laughs> got my own house. I never had a house. This is our first house. All right, taking some paint cans to the shed. I walk out to the shed, right? I put the cans in the shed, and I turn around, and as I'm walking, I hit my head, like right on the, right on the, the, the what do you call that, the door frame. Bam! I'm talking like, I'm like stumbling around. I like doubled over in the backyard. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm feeling attacked right now. Like my head is hurting. I'm talking like, I felt like I couldn't see for like a few seconds. Like, and the sun was bright outside. Oh, I felt so bad. So I started kind of just 
stumbling across the yard towards the house. Again, it's a new house. Katie and Manny weren't there. I reached for the door. It's locked. I just locked myself out the house. My head's hurting. I'm like, devil, you better get behind me. Do not play with me right now. I start feeling that stress level. You know, have you, can you feel it? I can feel it. Like it starts kind of down here and just starts rising and I'm getting stressed. And so all of a sudden I'm there, right? And, uh, it's a new, it's a new house. It's a new neighborhood. You know, I know that I locked all the windows in the house. All right. The reason I did that is because it is a new neighborhood. I moved from a quiet neighborhood full of drug dealers to this neighborhood and this neighborhood, everyone's way too friendly. I'm talking like someone's out their house. Hey neighbor. And I'm saying, Katie, Manny, get in the house. I'm like, Hey, they're casing the house. They, they want something from us. Keep an eye. I'm, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Right. So I know I locked every window. I did find one that was unlocked. Thank God. Katie heard the voice of God. It was maybe it was prophetic and was like, I need to leave this open. I don't know. I opened the window and I slip and fall in. I was like, man, devil, come on. I don't know if you're like that. Like, you, I don't know what it was. Maybe last night you put your phone on the charge. It didn't charge. You, you're giving the devil the credit for that. Or maybe you're somebody who's like, I go to work, my boss doesn't like me, my coworkers don't like me, I'm thinking about quitting because these relationships are unproductive for me, and I don't know, I, I just think sometimes we give the devil too much credit, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe you're the unproductive one at work, I, I'm, I'm just saying, maybe that's why the boss don't like you and your coworkers don't like you, you know, maybe you, you bought a phone charger from Five Below on Denton Highway, that's your problem, all right? I hit my head, that was me! All right, the devil wasn't like, <laughs> shoved me into the door frame. Uh, he wasn't the one that locked my door. Come on. In the same breath, in the same breath, I am a person that believes that there are angels, that there are demons, that the devil is real. And I do believe that there are things in this life that if the devil can get into your mind and your heart and cause you uh, to, to cripple you with anxiety, with fear and and stress, I think he will. I think he will. And I think, I think there's, that's real, especially with believers. All right, there's some old saints, if you've ever heard this, they say this, the birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. You ever heard that one? Write that one down. That was a good one. I didn't come up with that. That was the, that was the old saints. But the birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. You ever felt like you had a bullseye on your back? You ever felt like that you were being attacked spiritually? Us in the church, we call it an attack, spiritual attack. In the world, they don't know, we, people don't know. They call it stress, right? Stress and anxiety, all right? Sometimes we live this life and we, we attribute these things that happen to us not realizing that there is an enemy that is trying to incite this stress and anxiety in our life. The other thing I saw, one of the things I saw in this verse that I thought was interesting was uh, the scripture, Peter, his mention of pride, right? A common definition of pride, right? If you look in, uh, let's see, let me look in the verse, is it six? Wait, no, excuse me. Um, Submit yourself. God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And that's in verse, uh, verse five. If you think about pride, I looked up the definition of pride again because, you know, we use it a lot, but I just need a refresher. And it mentioned the word confidence. 
I was wondering why in this verse that's central uh, talking about anxiety and stress, why he mentions pride and humbleness. And I don't know if this is as convicting to you as it is to me, but a lot of times pride uh, is the confidence in any situation that maybe God isn't going to deliver you. That maybe sometimes your stress and anxiety is, is masked in pride. That we have confidence in the fact that we don't think God can actually deliver us. And so we spin our wheels and we get stressed and we run around like, and we don't have that confidence in God. That's pride. That's pride to think that he, the God of all creation, can't deliver you from something so significant. But the scripture says he will lift you up in due time. He will lift you up in due time. He also mentions uh, in the verse, uh, let me see, in verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand. I like this. We don't get this. We're, a lot of us, we're from this modern day, but he, he mentioned mighty hand on purpose, right? The people that he's speaking to would know what this means, all right? There was, in the Bible, it says, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, God delivered God's people from slavery in Egypt, So when Peter says that, he wants them to know that the exact same hand that's been fulfilling his promises throughout history is still reigning over your life. That's what he's saying. The God that delivered you is still reigning over your life. Why is that meaningful to us? It's meaningful to me because I gave my life to Christ. I committed my life to Christ. I said, God, I want to follow you. Give me purpose. Give me life. And he changed me. The Joel that you know and the Joel that you love was not the same Joel back then. I'm going to be 100% honest. I w- I'm not the same person that I was. And, and I attribute that transformation to the power of God's mighty hand. Why is it that I get so stressed? Scripture saying the mighty hand that delivered you, that brought you out of some of the most challenging things in your life, is also the mighty hand that reigns over you in times of anxiety. Can I get a... Amen. I mean, this is facts. This is facts. All right. His mighty hand. And then the scripture goes on. Check it out. This is interesting. Some imagery here. He talks about the devil being a roaring lion, a roaring lion. It goes on to say uh, that the devil is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, to devour. Uh, This happens to me sometimes. I used to preach at camps like uh, summer camps, youth camps, but also camp, uh, like revival. What do you call them? Like family camps, camp revivals. Anybody ever heard of that before? Maybe it's just some Southern country folk, you know, in Georgia and stuff. We have these camp revivals, right? And you go out, there's this big tabernacle and people show up from the community. You go and preach at these things. And it was powerful, powerful experiences. So I got an opportunity to preach at those these things. And people would walk up to me and they'd be like, I'm praying for you, pastor, brother, I'm praying for you. God's at, or the Satan's after you. The devil's after you. And I used to be like, me? He's after you too. Like, what? Just because I'm the one up here talking doesn't mean that I'm the only one the devil's after. The devil's after you too. He's after the construction worker. He's after the sophomore in high school. He's after the stay-at-home mom. He, he's like a roaring lion seeking who he, he can devour to incite stress and anxiety. He's, he's looking. He's looking. And the crazy thing about, the, about that to me is that an attack like that from a roaring lion, it, it's interesting. He doesn't say run. 
That's what I, if I wrote this, I'd be like, yo, if there was a roaring lion showing up at your house, right? You better run. You better run. Peter says this. He says, resist. Resist. He's like, don't run, resist. And that just, that is interesting to me. It's like, God will lift you up. He cares for you and resist, not run. And so dealing with stress and anxiety, uh, you know, so part of the reason I'm talking about this topic today mainly is because we're in a sermon series called You Asked For It. If you're new here at the river, uh, what we did is we took a poll from everyone that attends the river and said, hey, send us the topics that you want to talk about. All right. And we turned around and flipped it into a sermon series called You Asked For It. So this morning, someone sent in, uh, not this morning, but someone that sent in a topic said, how do you deal with stress, anxiety? All right. I wanted to say like, you know, like God's got a special word for you today. Like this is, you know, this is something that's going to change your life and it will. Um, this, but this was something submitted by somebody in the congregation. This is going to be, I, I think, uh, a game changer for you, mainly because it was for me, like putting this together. You don't, if you don't know me, man, I'm a busy dude and I get stressed out easy. And when I was putting this together, God was really speaking to me. But if you think about stress, it's a common topic. It's talked about a lot, all right? You can go to Facebook. You can see articles on Facebook or social media about stress. Uh, you can, you, you just see it's, it's everywhere, all right? And if you're someone who's stressed out, I want to tell you, you're no fun to be around, all right? You're not, all right? It's a symptom of stress, okay? If you're stressed out, you're not fun to be around. Um, I'm pretty confident my wife told me that before. I know this from experience. You're no fun, uh, there's studies that say it shortens your lifespan. That's scary. Um, so it's a common topic um, because it's common. Look in verse 9. Verse 9 says, Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world are undergoing the same sufferings. It's a common thing. We all talk about it because it's common. It's common. Check out the scripture, Proverbs seven twenty four. Wisdom is the focus of the perceptive, but a fool's eye roams to the end of the earth. I read this to my wife. Some of you guys know her. We were in the car yesterday, and I, I uh, read the scripture to her. She just started. We started laughing. Not at the scripture, but just thinking about when you're stressed, your eyes just, you're looking everywhere. you just <laughs> eyes rolling around in your head, stressed out, roaming all over the world. You don't, there's no focus in your life. You're just looking everywhere. And we were just laughing at how true that is. Because a fool's eye roams to the end of the earth. The wise aim their life at just a few actions. Just a few actions focused on the important. And a fool takes life in many directions. And often stress is the result of our lives heading in tons of different directions with no true focus. No true focus. There was a sermon that Mike preached. Mike uh, Gerald, he's sick today. So be praying for him and uh, the Gerald family. They've, they've been sick all week. He preached a sermon. I don't know if it was this year or the year before. And you may remember called Big Rocks. All right. He told us, he said, the topic's not original with him, but... It really spoke to me. He was talking about how we fill up this vase full of these little rocks and we can't fit the big, most important things in our life in that vase. But when you put the big ones in first and you fill it with the little rocks, they trickle down amongst the big rocks and you're able to fit all of these things in your life. And that, that changed my life. 
because I had, I focused on a lot of little things and I found myself stressed out a lot. But I said, what are the big rocks in my life? The big rocks are the river, the church, my wife, my son, my family. And I started kind of changing my life. I actually started, I'm somebody who loves to have fun at opportunities and just do stuff a lot. And I started just saying no to stuff. And that's not like me. I'm a yes man. And so I started having to say no to stuff. And I'm telling you, my life feels more meaningful because I started to focus on the big things, the big things. So I think it's true. So, all right, so I got a question for you. How do you know that you are stressed or overworked? All right, I want to walk you through some stuff. Because maybe you're in here and you just feel sick. You're like, you just, I don't know, you just don't feel right. And maybe it's because you're stressed. Maybe there's a lot of stress and anxiety in your life. Maybe you don't realize it, but the enemy is just beating your brains out. And I want to I wanna walk through some things that can help you identify whether or not you are stressed. All right, number one. All right, you can write these down. Number one, my resistance is lower. My resistance is lower. What do you mean? It's only natural that stressed out people eat more desserts. Because stressed backwards is desserts. Yeah. I, I threw that in there because I wanted y'all to think I was smart, right? <clears throat> yeah, desserts backwards is stressed. Isn't that fire? That's awesome. Right? My resistance is lower. We get stressed out. We got no resistance, all right? I'll take four of the ice creams. I'll take the french fries, I'll t- everything. Just give me the menu, right? It's harder to say no. And we often, we make bad decisions, all right? It's harder to resist sin. If you've ever encountered this scenario in your life, you know it's true. You know it's true. All right, if you've ever been a person who's tried to allow God to help you put up barriers in your life to say no, you know it's true. If you're somebody who, when you gave your life to Christ, you tried, you had to walk away from some garbage, right? But sometimes in people that are still living there are like, hey, hey. You know, when you're stressed out, them old grooves that you used to groove, you fall right back into that groove. And it takes you back. It's true. When you're stressed out, sometimes you can fall into those ways. That old man just calling out to you. Sometimes, man, I'm telling you, sometimes you had a long day at work, whatever it is, and you're stressed out. And the enemy calls to you. If you're someone who just without thinking, yep, all right, that's a telltale sign that you're stressed, that you're overworked, all right? Telltale sign. The second thing is my emotions are inconsistent. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Man, this one hit me hard, too. And so I got, I've been married nine years, and um, that's awesome. But uh, there are times that I've been stressed out, and I've said things that were not me. You know, like you say stuff to somebody, maybe it's a friend or a family member or a spouse or even your kids, and you, you're stressed out, and you say some stuff that you go, you step back, and you go, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I mean, it was you. <laughs> but you, you see what I'm saying? That wasn't me. You have these that wasn't me moments, right? And you kind of, you regret it. You regret it. You're often, you're disappointed in yourself. Think about the scripture, Job 9.25. My days fly by faster than a runner. They flee without seeing any good. They flee without seeing any good. 
If you've been stressed like I have before, I'm telling you, your life flies by and you feel like that it's not really you who's choosing or living it. I'm telling you, when you're kind of in that stress, you, sometimes you look at your life and you go, everything's dictating my life except for me. Like I'm just letting life pass me by. It's just flying by. And I have no control over it. If you're someone who's stressed, a lot of times that's what your life starts to look like. It just flies by without any control. And, you see, and your emotions are inconsistent. You start saying stuff and doing stuff. You're like, this isn't me. That's a good sign that you're stressed out or maybe that you're living with some anxiety. The third one, life feels like it's losing meaning. Look at Psalms 39.6. Certainly man walks about like a mere shadow. Indeed, they frantically rush around in vain, gathering possessions without knowing who will get them. Losing meaning and just going through the actions. Oftentimes you're going, why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I here? What am I doing? That's a temptation for a lot of us. When we're stressed out, we just go through the motions. We go through the actions. All right, life feels like it's losing meaning. I don't really know why I'm here. Life is in vain. And sometimes what you do is you start gathering possessions. You, you lose your purpose and meaning. And the fourth one, my relationship with God suffers. All right, relationship with God suffers. Sometimes stress and anxiety can be like a fog. Have you ever experienced that? It's like a fog, like your head is in a fog. You can't see anything. I think about, I don't know much about flying planes or helicopters, but uh, if you're a pilot and you're flying through a cloud or a storm, right, there are some opportunities that you, you may not know if you're upside down, right side up. You don't know if you're flying down. You can't see anything. You're kind of in a fog. You could be heading in any, any type of direction. And sometimes God acts like that compass in your life. So sometimes when you get through that stress, you just keep going in a direction. You keep moving, but you don't know where you're going because you can't see. And you've distanced yourself from God because you just keep moving in a direction. But when you invite God into your life, he acts like that compass. These planes, they have this compass that allows you, tells you if you're upside down where you're going and he can help you go in a certain direction. And sometimes we're in that fog and we can't see. And if we keep going in a direction, when we finally get out of the fog, we look back and we go, there's my relationship with God. We used to be close, but now we're far away. This is one of those things where people get upset with God. God, why did you leave? God didn't leave you. You're the one that's moving in a direction. You've been stressed out. You've been making moves. You've been deciding things without consulting God, without your relationship, without even thinking or praying or conversing with the God of the universe. And before you know it, you're far away from him. Man, that's painful. If you're in that place, I'm not judging you at all because I've been there. And I do that sometimes. I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. I have to be like, God, what's going on? The beautiful thing about the God of the Bible and the God that we serve is that he's not some God that watches you drive off in the fog by yourself and distance yourself from him and he's upset with you. He's not like the Greek gods. He's not like Zeus. He's got this giant light bolt or lightning bolt and it's, ah, he's about to zap you. He's not like that. Instead, he's like a father, a son who maybe you're the son who squandered all, your, all his wealth and you ran away and you did your own thing. But he's like a father that's at the house with his arms wide open saying, come home. I missed you. Come home. 
Come home. It's okay. It's all right. Come home. Maybe that's been you. Maybe you've been in a fog. You've been moving in a direction, but you feel far from God. God is just like, come home to me. A lot of times when we get in that fog or we get in sin or we're stretched out or whatever, we get afraid to go to God because we're like, we don't understand his ways. We get afraid. We're like, he's going to be angry with me. There's so many stories in the Bible that show you like the, the love of Jesus. There was like the woman who committed adultery. She was out sleeping with everybody and doing all this stuff. And one of the things that she did was when she heard Jesus was in town, she actually ran to Jesus, broke into this dude's house, Pharisee's house, and got at his feet and just began to weep and anointed his feet. To me, that's always the best representation. If you've been going in a fog, you've been stressed out, you've been making moves and they haven't been beneficial and it's distanced you to you from your Lord and Savior, man, don't be like God doesn't love me anymore. Don't distance yourself. Be like her. Run to his feet because his arms are wide open. Run to his feet. The problem is we know a lot of this already, all right? We know the negativity of stress. We know what it does. Some of this, I'm just putting words to experiences you've had, all right? Over and over and over again, all right? We know a lot of this. And plus, we know about the negativity of, of stress in our lives. We see it on TV and everything, like I said. You know, a lot of times there's things we can't control, that causes stress and anxiety. There's life's inconsistencies. There's busy seasons, unexpected events, right? There are also things that we do that cause stress in our lives. But the funny thing to me is that we know it's coming. We know it's coming. Like a roaring lion, like it's, it feels, I, I just laugh at myself sometimes because I go through these times where I'm stressed out and I'm so upset, I'm frustrated, I'm stressed and everything. I get out on the other end and God delivers me and I'm like, I'm good, I'm on the mountaintop. And then I act like I'm never gonna experience that again. I act like I'm shocked. <gasps> again? I'm stressed out? <gasps> oh my God, something else happened? This is bad. The thing, thing about a roaring lion is he's roaring. You hear him coming. You hear him coming. You may be sitting here today, I'm telling you, I, we live in a world where there's some broken stuff and stuff's going to happen, all right? And the enemy's going to attack you. You hear him roaring. He's coming, all right? Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. There are things that we can do to cause us stress, but there are also things that we can do to find rest. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> I'm hoping that you did some self-assessment and you're like, okay, am I stressed out? And some of y'all check the box. Yup. Some of y'all are like, no, I'm good. I hope, I hope there's more of those than stress, but I hope this is, this, what I'm about to share is going to speak to you. There are things that we do to cause us more stress, but there are also things that we can do to find rest. And there is actually a practical solution, all right, that God designed to help you if you're stressed out and if you are full of anxiety. What is God's answer to how we deal with stress? And the biggest one, biggest one is a word called Sabbath. Sabbath. All right, raise your hand if you've ever heard of this word before. It's a Jewish term called Sabbath. Jews call it Shabbat. It's rest. It's a day of rest. When God, if you go back in the early book, or early books of the Bible, you're going to see that God created the world in six days. And then he took a day of rest. On the seventh day, he rested. How many, how many preachers get up in front of you and give you the excuse to rest? I'm giving you the excuse to rest. Rest. 
take a day and relax, rest, all right? It, Sabbath is not just a Sunday church service. Yeah, I'm telling you that from up here. It's not just a church service. It's one of God's guiding principles in a healthy Christian life. Sabbath is one day a week that is supposed to look different than any other day of the week. Joel, God's speaking to me about that. I've been, I've been thinking about this. I've been like working on this because I'm telling you, I work a full-time job, all right? My Sundays are this. Now, this is a Sabbath. I love this. This is fun for me. But I, we're working. We're setting things up and everything. You know, I'm like trying to carve out my schedule. Like, all right, where's the day where I'm going to rest? I've been talking to Katie about my wife about like, hey, I need, we need to set aside some time that's just rest. So two weekends ago, we went out to Lake Grapevine. I just let Manny splash in the shallows and relax. I just laid in the grass and just said the sun hit my face. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is what it's like. This is what Sabbath is. It's a day of rest. Check out Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. Yeah, remains for God's people. If you're a Christian in here, it's for everyone. But if you're a Christian in here, this belongs to you. Take it. The rest belongs to you. He's giving you rest. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. Let us then make every effort, every effort, to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same patterns of disobedience. You're someone who's stressed out, full of anxiety, and in your weakness, you're just hitting those same patterns of disobedience. Man, you got to rest, family. You got to go chill. You got to find a day and relax and chill out. Can I get an amen, somebody? I mean, are, would you, are you excited about that? Or are you just like that all-American? You're like, I'm going to work every day, nonstop, every day, day and night. I mean, I respect you, but bro, you got to rest. All right, rest. So what, I, what I've written down here, all right, Oh, man, look at that. He says, let's make every effort. Some of y'all are like, all right, we're going to rest on Sundays. And then what happens on Sundays? Everybody's calling you up. Come eat. Come hatch it. We got to do this, this, this. All of a sudden, your Sunday going into the first of the week. That's the other thing about Sabbath. Sabbath is, is the day, like, the day that you set aside before the week comes. Right? You, you've heard of tithing and giving your first fruits. A Sabbath is you're saying, God, I'm going to rest. I'm going to give you the first of my week. So when I walk into my week, I'm rested and I'm ready to go. That's why it's so important to rest. He says, let's make every effort. Some of us haven't been making an effort. All right? And let's enter that rest. So today, you've got uh, notes. If you walked in, you have a worship guide. And I've written down four declarations. All right? Four declarations. These are things that if you're in here today... We went through that list of like identifiers to know if I'm stressed out or have anxiety. We went through this and you're like, yup, that's me. I have four declarations that, that you ought to be declaring over your life, all right? That God is declaring over you, that I'm up here declaring over you. I want this to be a declaration that when you leave this place, all right, and if you hadn't just let your stress go in, in here, you're carrying it with you, I'm praying that you declare this over your life, all right? The first one is this. I will worship on the Sabbath. I will worship on the Sabbath, all right? For a lot of us at work, full-time jobs like me, Sunday is the Sabbath, right? Worship. I come in here and I, I worship God on the Sabbath. It's a thankfulness. It's like gratefulness. It's like, God, I thank you for everything I'm, you've given me. Man, when I was at that lake the other day, man, I, I was just thanking God. I'm like, thank God for my family. Thank God for rest. Thank God for this lake. 
thank God for all this stuff. Like, I'm just worshiping, like, God, thank you, right? Thank you. Entering, and, oh, and then when you do it at the first of the week, you enter uh, in his presence at the beginning of the week, and you're renewed. You're ready to go. Worshiping in church is not a thing we have to do on Sunday. It's a thing we get to do. We enter the presence of Jesus. We get refreshed, renewed, and equipped for the week. Equipped for the week. Does that resonate with anybody? Anybody? Okay. All right, cool. That's how I feel. You know, I come in here, and I serve at the river every Sunday, and I love it. And I get in here, I get in the presence of God, and it fuels me. And then I go to BNSF. I work at BNSF up there, and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to work. Number two, I will rest my body. I will rest my body. I'm about to say something that's just going to be crazy. Sometimes we might need to cancel our plans. Oh, my God. I heard that gasp. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we might need to cancel my plans. I know that sounds crazy. I'm giving you permission to cancel your plans. If you're stressed out and you're full of anxiety, all right, Americans are, they're, they're, hey, when we say something, we're going to do it. We're going to be there, right? But man, I'm telling you something. Maybe you got to cancel your plans. Maybe you need to relax. Maybe you, you need to chill, all right? We have so much going on on Sunday, all right? Sabbath, we don't get any rest. We head back in the week exhausted. Slow down, go fishing, take a nap, go eat. Do something cool. All right, I'm giving you permission. Good gracious. I'm telling you, make this a declaration right now. Like, I'm going to rest. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to chill. All right? All right? I will rest my body. <clears throat> my family, uh, we, we started this thing. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. Um, but we'll come to the river. We get here early. We set everything up. We, we get things ready. This is, we're a mobile church, if you didn't know. So we don't, get to, we don't get to leave everything up here throughout the week. So we have an incredible team of people who come in here. We set everything up. We break it all down. And I love it. I love it. It's physical, mental, spiritual. This is an act of worship for me. And so I, we leave, you know, my, our souls are on fire, but we're tired. So we're like, we're going to rest our bodies. So we, we instituted this thing at the Libramento, that's my name, last name, Libramento household called Family Nap Time. So me and Katie and Manny Fresh, we all hop in the bed and we just take a nap together. It's like one of the best things, man. It's one of the best things. I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Take a nap, family. Go get you a nap. Pile in the bed with your family. That might be weird for some of y'all, but... <clears throat> You should do it. It'd be awesome. I will rest my body. The third thing is I will replenish my soul. All right? Replenish my soul. There are red flag moments that, we, that reveal to us that we need rest and replenishing. All right? And there are ways that our souls can find replenishing. The first one is quietness. Quietness. Solitude. Meditation. And prayer. I, I come from a loud family. All right, I'm loud, you can, I, and, and we like loudness. But man, sometimes when I can get quiet, and when God's like, hey, be quiet, and I need to chill, man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And when you pray, uh, God reminded me of this as I was sitting down here, and I didn't put this in, the, in my sermon, but I wanted to share this with you, especially around the, the, the idea of being quietness. There's a story in the Bible of a guy named Hezekiah. He was the king over Jerusalem. And the Assyrian armies were coming to attack Hezekiah. They were going to destroy Jerusalem. And uh, there was a general, his name was Sennacherib. And he wrote a letter to Hezekiah, and it was just, it was terrible. He was like, your God told me to come kill you and destroy you and all this crazy stuff. And he, Hezekiah was stressed. There was a lot of anxiety. 
And there was a prophet that he was close to named Isaiah. And what he did when he was stressed out and he was full of anxiety, he did something kind of crazy. He got quiet. And he called, he called Isaiah. Okay, he didn't call Isaiah like that. Yo, Isaiah. He got Isaiah with him. And he said, hey, look, let's go into the temple. Let's take this letter that Sennacherib sent us and let's pray. And he got into the temple and they began to pray all night. Prayed all night. God, deliver our people. Deliver Jerusalem. Deliver us. And the next day, Hezekiah walks out early in the morning, walks up to the, to the gate, and he looks out over the field where Sennacherib and his armies the night before had been, and everyone had been, was killed. There was no more army there. I'm not going to get into all the nature of God. This is Old Testament stuff right here. We can talk about that later. The point of the story is there are times that you are stressed. You have anxiety. It feels like armies are, gonna, are coming against you. It feels like that the devil is a roaring lion and he's, he's in your face. And there are times that you, in that moment, you have nothing. You don't know what to do. If you don't know what to do, you need to pray. You need to get quiet and you need to communicate with God. Pray, get quiet, communicate with God. God hears us when we pray. Do you believe that? Amen. The next thing under I will replenish my soul is enjoyment. Yes, Sabbath is supposed to be fun. I love having fun in church, if you can't tell. I went to one church. There was like a youth group, and this girl was like, I mean, she just looked like she had the worst week I'd ever seen. Like She was like sad and depressed. And me, I, I kind of walked up to her. I was like, are you okay? And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I was like, oh, well, you look like something's going on. She's like, oh, no, this is my church face. I was like, what is wrong? What is? You can have fun on the Sabbath. And some of us, like me, I'm, I get kind of wound up sometimes. Sometimes doing some things is rejuvenating for us. Like I said, me and Katie on our Sabbath, we went to the lake. Some of you are like, that sounds exhausting. You know, but it, 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 sometimes it's good for me. Each one of you has things that, like, gets you going, gets you excited, replenishes your soul. I'm an artist. I like to do art. I like to do stuff. Katie's like, I, I thought you were stressed out. I thought you needed to do nothing. I'm like, no, actually doing this thing actually replenishes my soul. And maybe you're like that. Maybe you need to find something that replenishes your soul and do that and have fun. Have fun. Everybody say, have fun. Man, a preacher's up here saying rest, take naps, have fun. That's some crazy stuff right there. <clears throat> I'm going to get kicked out of here. The next thing is quietness, enjoyment, and then get with people. Get with people, all right? Not just any people, close friends. Get together, eat good food, watch football, all right? Have fun, relax, get with people you need to get with. Again, that isolation factor is, puts us in a tough spot. You know, one of the ways that I get with people, and this is, not, this is kind of a plug, but it's, it's, I'm being honest when I say this. One of the things I do on my Sabbath on a Sunday is I come and serve on the Dream Team, all right? And I'm getting with people that I love. This is my family. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm, I married a Texan, moved out to Texas. We've been here about five plus years, all right? This church is my family. Most of my family is out of town. And so one of the things on my Sabbath that I choose to do is I come here and I get around people I love. I do it. I love it because I need it. And so where are those places? Like I also, we, me and my wife, we also lead a community group, all right? If you guys are looking for a group of people, come join my group. We're the best group. Uh, <clears throat> if you need to get around some people in the week and you're like, man, we're just alone all the time, you know. Man, sometimes if you're a family, I didn't, listen, I'm, I got a three-year-old. I feel like I'm a new dad still. Like I'm not, you know, 
I'm praying, God, help me be a good parent. You know, sometimes when you have a kid, it isolates you. Sometimes you're just in your own zone and you forget, like, I need other people. Man, find some people. Come join a community group. Come join the dream team here at the river. Go find some friends, watch some football, and eat some good food, all right? I'm telling you, all right? That's a declaration. Are you, can we declare that over our lives? I declare I'm going to eat good food and I'm going to hang out with good people who love Jesus and they're good for me. Declare that over your life. And the last thing is I will refocus my spirit. Often stress is a result of loss of focus, a loss of focus on what matters. We are chasing every event, every activity, every moment. Maybe you suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. I don't know what it is. Keeping up with the neighbors, all right? It leaves us exhausted. It leaves us stressed, all right? Today, pray for a refocused spirit, that you would focus on what is good and true, what matters most, that you would find supernatural refreshing and rest. I asked my wife, I said, what do you do? She said, I go outside. I go outside. I was like, I, the way I refocus my spirit is I get out of a building and I go outside and look at nature. And it speaks to me. It's the same with me. You know, I'm like, I, I got to get out. I'd be working sometimes and I'm like, I'm in the zone. I'm kind of, stress levels are raising up, right? I got to go outside. I look at the trees. I'm going, man, God designed that. He made that. Life is so much bigger than my cubicle, right? So, I mean, sometimes you got to refocus uh, your spirit. Sounds practical. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy. Refocus your spirit. Those are the four things I'm going to encourage you to declare over your life today. All right? Just to recap, cast your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you, right? Identify the signs of stress in your life. If you're stressed out and you have anxiety in your life, identify it, all right, see it. Know that God wants to help you. Honor the Sabbath. I'm giving you permission to rest, all right? Do that, all right? If you need it, do it. And the last thing, declare over your life, I will worship on the Sabbath. I will rest my body. I will replenish my soul and I will refocus my spirit. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that the Bible actually encourages us to rest. I'm thankful you, the God of the universe, looks at us and goes, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're stressed, you're full of anxiety. I, wanna, I want you to cast your care on me, and I want you to rest and relax. I'm so thankful that God wants us to get with people that are like us and just enjoy one another. God, I'm thankful, God, that, that you call us to this. Not only that, you're not some God sitting up there who's telling us to do something, but God, you did it yourself. You rested, you led by example. God is powerful and we, we recognize that, we understand that, and we love you for that. And so God, I pray today, God, that a practical sermon like this, God, actually cuts deep into the spiritual life of somebody in here. Somebody who would say this stress and anxiety that I'm living with has been eating at me and hurting me. It's hurting my relationships. It's distanced me from you, God. And I pray, Lord, that today, as we worship and as we pray, that your spirit begin to renew that relationship. That you begin to replenish someone's soul today. God, I pray that you give us the ability to act. If, God, today we've recognized that we don't rest and that we're far from you, God, only by your power and only by your spirit can you give us the ability to act, to make it a priority, to find a day and to rest. God, we don't want to live in the fog anymore. We don't want to live in the frustration anymore. 
We don't want to say stuff that hurts people and go, that's, that wasn't me. We don't, want to, we don't want to fall into those same grooves of disobedience. God, we don't, want to, we don't want to be afraid of the roaring lion, God, but we want to resist. God, I pray that today that we find freedom in your grace, that you with your mighty hand will lift us up. The God of all grace would give us power to overcome these obstacles in our life. And God, I pray that it starts today, today. God, we love you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. What we're going to do right now is the band is up here. They're going to play for a little bit. We want to have a time of prayer. I've said a lot, uh, but I don't want you to hear, man, what you hear God speaking to you. Maybe this is a chance for you to kind of pray and get quiet, kind of talk to God for a moment. Say, God, is this, is this for me? Is this word for me? Do I need to rest? Am I stressed out? A lot of times we like to talk to God, but we don't like to listen. Listen to his voice today. Maybe you've never done it before. Just get quiet. Listen to God speak to you. We're also going to have a, a time of communion. And we're going to have some communion set up here. And if you want to take communion, this is a way that you can commune with God. This is a biblical practice where you come and, and you take uh, the juice and the bread. And you remember what Jesus did for you on the cross. We're going to have that opportunity for you. And, uh, and we're just going to pray, all right? And when the band begins to pray, we can worship. Uh, but let's just take that time and pray.